2: That had to be the winning goal at the Civic Center I mean at the uh, XL Energy Center 2002 2002, first time they had won it uh, since uh, Herbie in 78 or 79. He won uh, 76, 78, 79, right? So uh, that was uh, that was uh, Don's uh, greatest moment before a crowd of 19,000 over at XL Energy Center. Don Lucia, done uh, as gopher hockey coach after 19 years. Jess, you were telling us a month ago uh, you had the feeling that he was going to walk away no matter how the season turned out.
3: I, I kind of got that feeling based on the fact that, you know, he, he's of a, a, advancing age, not advanced age, especially when you have, you know, Red Berenson out there coached until he was 76, but yeah. also the fact that he would be heading into the final year of his contract, and that's always a, a sticking point for coaches, they want that extension because they want to be able to go out there and, and recruit guys saying, yep, I can tell you for sure I'm going to be around. He wasn't going to be in that position, so I thought this would be the appropriate time. So not an unexpected day, but still kind of a a sad day or maybe a bittersweet day to to see an era come to an end here.
2: Jess Myers is with us, covered uh, college hockey for a lot of years. Uh, Lucia not making the tournament this year. Uh, because of some, uh, incredible, uh, events that took place on, uh, Saturday to me is, is. That that can't be the reason you're getting rid of him. Although what could have saved his job, I guess, was a tournament run this year. Then you might have would, but you, and that was completely possible because college hockey is so balanced right now. So I guess uh, not getting in the tournament is what ultimately cost him his uh, chance to get an extension. But it's also. You can't say, okay, we had a ninety-nine percent chance to make the playoffs at five thirty p.m. on Saturday, and we didn't, and we we didn't make the tournament. So therefore, we got to get rid of him. I, I don't think that makes much sense.
3: You know, I think the fact that the crowds have been diminishing so yes. so dramatically. I think the fact that you know they went in as a number one seed in their regional last year and were one and done, you know, and that was a team where people had a lot of hope for that Gopher team that they would make a run to Chicago to the final, uh, the Frozen Four. Um, that obviously stung them. And the fact that you know this year for the first time in six years, you can't say you won the conference. You know, they yeah. finished I think fifth in the seventeen Big Ten uh, this year. You know, that that stung them as well. So combination of factors, and you add to that the contract situation. I just think. Uh, Coyle felt that this was the right time. Uh,
2: the, re- the problem here, I was talking to a hockey guy today, the problem is not recruiting. They already have like 22 commits on the way. And the next, you know, they got eighth graders, the best eighth graders in Minnesota <laughs> are committing to the Gophers. It's, it, I gotta think if there's an issue here, it's development.
3: You know, and that's been. knock on Don Lucia, or at least an opinion of some people to knock on Don Lucia, going back to the whole thing with Garth Snow and the New York Islanders, where they wanted Kyle Oposo out of this gopher system as soon as possible, because they claim, you know, you're not developing guys, they're not getting better. Now, you talk to some of his former players, I'm thinking Blake or I'm thinking, you know, Nate Schmidt, some guys who have had some real success in the NHL, and they talk about the fact that... You know they were not ready to play college hockey, let alone NHL hockey, when they got here, and they were turned into pretty successful players under this system. So, you know, you, you have to, I think, take it on a little bit of a case by case basis. Some guys come in with all the tools and do nothing with them, and, and, and some guys grow. So, it's, I, I don't think it's a system wide uh, issue, the, the development question.
2: Somebody pointed out uh, to me that uh, North Dakota has uh, there were three defensemen off that North Dakota team that of last year that are in the NHL. Now. Now and two of them weren't drafted, and that's kind of the the uh, the when when you look around. I suppose you can pick out isolated things like that in development, but they got they got a lot of great uh, recruits that uh, a lot of people don't think are are getting the they are that they're getting the ultimate as far as getting the better. So
3: and ironically, for a school that you know early in Don's tenure was known for developing some great defensemen. Oh you look yeah. At- Jordan Leopold and, and Ballard and Mark, Paul Martin and you know, some of the guys that came through this system, even if they were only here for a year or two, ironically, it was the defense in those last four games against Penn State giving up 21 goals. When you, know, when, when you have a Matt Robson who's playing very well in goal and you just can't stop guys from getting to the net, uh, that turned out to be kind of the undoing. You win a couple of those games and you make the NCAA tournament without much problem
2: jess uh uh the don's been here 19 years obviously 2002 uh they win it the the xl's full they've they had they were still in, putting in good crowds here for seven eight years but do you think that the gopher hockey crowd is still there do you think it's still there or is it they gone to wild games is there too much going on in this town do you do you, do you think the days of people standing out there in this on the corner uh, making money scalping tickets is still there
3: I don't know if those days are here right now obviously I mean those those days aren't here right now whether those days can come back Depends on a lot of factors. I mean, number one, the tickets are way crazy too expensive. People yes. just aren't going to pay seventy-five bucks to watch college hockey in this town. Well, why did Let they
2: you're... do that? Why did they do that? What what made them think that they could get away with that?
3: Because for twenty years, all you had to do was open the doors and you'd sell ten thousand tickets. So they got this idea in their head that, hey, we've got this loyal crowd. If there's any, anybody we don't need to sell the game to, it's the hockey crowd so we can charge them whatever we, they want. And people just aren't going to pay that. I mean, we see that in other places where you've got college hockey in an NHL town. You know, you see that in Columbus. Nobody shows up to see, see Buckeyes hockey for the most part. You see that in Denver, uh, University of Denver, which has got one of the top programs in the country. Doesn't draw uh, on the level that the Avalanche do because the, you know, the NHL is quote unquote real hockey in the eyes of people who don't know the sport that well. So I don't think you can do that here anymore, and that's a huge factor.
2: Well they've had the highest priced tickets. Uh, I remember they were seeing you go for they were charging in the thirties ten. 12 years ago for Gopher yep. hockey and basketball those were the highest priced tickets around and they just keep the crowds keep getting smaller and the prices kept going up it's it's idiotic
3: and i hear a lot too about that Gopher points program they in- oh, instituted yeah. where you know you had to make a donation to stay in a certain area one thing they did there was, you know, folks who had sat in the same section by the same people for 20 years, all of a sudden got moved to a different section with different neighbors, uh, because they uh, this point system, and that upset a lot of the season ticket base. A lot of them just said, you know what, I'm not that interested in watching Penn State or Ohio State, and I'm not sitting, you know, where I'm used to sitting. I'm going to drop my season tickets. That's been a huge factor too, in the fact that they've gone from, I think, about an eight or eight thousand season ticket base to
2: about five thousand now. But the Big Ten thing, that excuse, and I saw you uh, uh, had something on this the other day. That don't work. You got two of the four, uh, you got two uh, first round seeds, right? I mean, you got two number one seeds, right? Yeah. Ohio State and Notre Dame. Yeah. And. You finished fifth in the league behind four pretty good teams. Notre Dame comes to town, number one team in the country. Uh, you're a new member of the Big Ten, and you don't come close to filling the arena. its uh, I wonder if the crowd's still out there.
3: And, uh, by the way, it was pointed out to me when I mentioned to uh, some folks over here at the U that I was going on the radio with uh, with you. It was your fault because uh, apparently uh, when Matt Robson was playing well, they said Pat picked us to win the national championship, and that was yes. the
2: end of it all. Yep. Well, no. just because everything was so balanced, I said, "Let's go get him. We're going we're to win. Everybody's down on the Don. And this is how he saves a job and win the championship." So I might have been wrong. Okay.
3: Yep. <laughs> right up there but, with that uh, Vikings out in Philadelphia. You know, we all, we well, all enjoyed that.
2: We, that but yeah, yeah <laughs> that was well. That, uh, <laughs> that was my fault too. I didn't, I didn't realize that Zimmer uh, was an overrated fraud when it come to uh come to designing a defense I, I i was giving him some credit i didn't know that he didn't know what the hell he was doing so anyway uh yeah it's uh it will be interesting who's your guess who's your guess give me your think, number I one think guess i think they're gonna go after moscow
3: i really do okay. I, you know I, I, a week ago i have told you they wouldn't bring in a non-m man again for this job but i just think uh you know it might be the right time for moscow to come here and and try and replicate what he did here when he and Don worked together in, on those national championship teams.
2: And not him, maybe Patoni? Patoni, I don't know if he would go after just
3: one year in his new job. If they're going to stay internal, I think Scott Bell is probably the guy that they would look most seriously at just because of his success at the Division Three level, his success scouting for the Penguins. Uh, he, he's a young guy. He's 45, You know, a guy that would be in this job you'd think for 15-20 years so uh, I think somebody
2: mentioned Tom Ward to me today do you think that's a possibility he's that's now a with possibility. the possibility
3: you know he's he's been outside the Gopher program for a long time he was an assistant for Doug Luke for a couple of years before taking over the Shattuck program uh, you know outside the system for a while if the job was truly open and i don't think it's truly open but if it was truly open a guy like jim montgomery at denver would be one you would look at but he's a canadian guy who played at maine he's not uh, what you think of as the ideal Gopher hockey candidate
2: well if they get moscow i can tell them right now i'm predicting the gophers win the national championship next year okay all right <laughs> okay. so that'll, that'll be your fault, too, I And, okay. Jess,
1: don't confuse that with Roycey predicting the Gophers would win the national championship
3: this year.
2: No, I just said sometime before I die. Oh, that's right. I hope oh, I live for a sometime while.
3: Sometime before you die, sure. Okay.
2: All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. All right, uh, Jess Myers, he's over at the uh, press conference at 4.30, Well, uh, where they will... Uh, uh, Lucia and Mark Coyle will comment on the latest coach that Mark Coyle has run off uh, since he came in at the University. He was going to get Marlene Stallings this, Stallings this year, too, but she fooled him and went to the NCAA tournament. And the second round will be back. Don't want to overstate the importance of tonight's Timberwolves game, Manny, but this the season is on the line, right?
0: Yes, I 100% If you do not
2: agree. beat the Clippers at home, you are not going to make the playoffs.
0: The Clippers and are... And you sure
2: as hell are not going to get to sixth place where you have a chance to win a playoff game.
0: Right. And, and even, to be honest, I would even say they need to try and target the fifth spot because... Portland right now is sitting oh, in Portland's the number three crazy. spot, and you yeah. cannot win in that building. You cannot win in the Motor Center. Now so. they did
2: win there early, right? They won there, but that was when Portland didn't know what they were doing. But
0: the way they're playing now, no, was, they 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 lost uh, both of them there. I think they lost I, both games in Portland. Yeah, okay. okay. I thought that, they
2: beat. I thought they
0: beat Portland. They, they, they won in but. Portland like a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. cat towns hit like a game-winning shot or something mm-hmm. with like two seconds left or something they was because sam sam was still coaching then
2: well i mean uh you got uh you got your uh you got your houston backcourt which is fantastic and you got your golden state backcourt but that backcourt in uh, in uh portland is out of this Ooh. world too damian lillard's one of the seven of best players damian in the lillard. world love damian yeah. lillard where did he play
4: uh, Weber State, Weber State, uh, Weber right? State. Weber yeah.
2: State. What? How the mm-hmm. hell does a kid like that play at Weber State?
4: Yeah. Anyway,
2: they got to win tonight, and they yes. got to show us that, okay, uh they lost two games we expected them to lose but can they bounce back and now play like they were playing when they won a couple in a row and uh they got to uh they, and got, the to, schedule, uh, they the, got to win tonight. It gets
0: favorable now, The, the right? schedule starts to soften up a little bit. You got Memphis and, you know, a couple other
2: bad teams coming up here, you know, well, they after, can go you play They can go if week. they play they can go nine and two, eight and three, and get to forty-eight, and they'll be fine. But uh, God, you got—they got to got, get to forty-eight, though.
0: You got Memphis over the next uh, few weeks. You got Memphis coming to town, the Hawks coming to town, and then you're at Dallas on on the thirtieth. I mean, that's those are three te- three games that you absolutely have to have. You cannot screw around and and choke one of those games away.
2: Well, I think they got to, uh, you know, they got to they got to right now play great. What's the word on Butler? Nothing, right? I thought I, I saw
1: a quote that says he wants to be back before the end of the regular season. He, whether he, and whether that
0: happens or not, I don't think it's really up to him. It's up to team doctors. I but mean, God bless him, he can want to be back all he wants. But sure. if he's not ready, then <laughs> he's not ready. But yeah. I mean, I, I, I know that there's there's a chance he could be ready for you know for the playoffs if they can get. Kind of deep into the playoffs, and maybe he can pop up in like a game three or game four of a first round. Do season, we have maybe. the same
1: angst that we do with with Vikings footballs we do for the Timberwolves? And what I mean by that is, do because we're just we're we're, we're Minnesota sports fans. We always want to you know we we want to think that it's turning around, but it's not really ever going to turn around. Are we silently hoping it? Gotta be great if they kind of found a way to miss the playoffs again.
2: You know, like the Vikings. Well, who, who, would, who would possibly say that?
1: Well, my, I guess it's the fatalist in all of us following sports teams. A minute, like we always expect it to turn around until it doesn't. That's the Wolves' motto for the I, last. 15 I will years. say this.
0: I will say this, and this is not to defend them for missing the playoffs, but because they need to make the playoffs. I mean, that's. No, I mean, come on! It's, it's, it's been fourteen. You can't
2: do all you did in the offseason, right? And it not can't, make you the can't.
0: You can't. You can't have a fourteenth year, but. If they do if there is a silver lining, they miss the playoffs, they get to keep their draft pick from Atlanta, which I mean they can that draft pick could be Zach Levine, it could be Will Avery. I mean you just never know, but it wouldn't be the worst. Could be Shabazz. Yeah, it could be Shabazz. (laughs) You never know. But they need they need to make the playoffs. They they I mean this it's been it's been you might
2: as well, you know you might as well give it away you you might as well give that you got to give that draft choice away anyway you might as well give it away this year you know what the hell you know i mean what you you, you got Butler well, for another year you got uh, you know you can go sign somebody as good as whoever the hell you're going to draft 12th or something so i you know let's let's face it it was a horrible trade and uh, you know you're stuck with I it i will
0: say you? though pat if you if you have that pick and i'm not saying that they need to tank and purposely miss the playoffs to keep the pick but if they do end up missing it, it is something that you can use in like a trade. If you want to trade and get somebody too, I mean, you can you can pull that off too.
2: Well, what what their big problem right now is what is old belly going to cost them? Yeah, you know. And and you're gonna have to figure out. And that, you gotta, you know, Towns gets the max, and then and, and you gotta pay Belly too, and another somebody guy. Has, somebody will put a big restricted number on him.
0: And another guy you have to think about is Tyus too, because Tyus is coming up <laughs> at the same time as Towns, and I mean, uh, he's not yeah, gonna get Towns' uh, money. No. But you are going to you no. have to figure out if you're gonna keep him
2: or if you're gonna let him go too. Well, so. I'd keep Belly, and if it meant letting Tyus go, I'm fine with that. I think you can get a backup point guard. just. Yeah. As, all because just he went to him. Duke. No, no, I just think he's mediocre. You know, I I think there's I think there's other point guards out there who can do for you what you can't pay everybody, right? And you uh, Belly is more important to you than Tyus Jones. But isn't
1: that I guess why you would need draft picks then, because you are so strapped up against the cap with one max contract soon to be two.
2: Well, the the thing
0: of it is, is the draft picks that they have. I mean, they're going to have the Oklahoma City pick. Provided that the Thunder make the playoffs, which they're going to, you gotta, you gotta hit on, on these picks. You can't, they can't, you, you cannot, like, Golden State is like the perfect model for everybody, I guess. And, you know, and they, they got lucky with getting a position to get Durant and everything too. But Draymond Green was a second round pick. Yeah. Like, you gotta, you gotta find a way to, to, to hit on some of these, they gotta, they gotta get something out of this Oklahoma City pick. You got to get I got a question
2: for you. I got a question for you. Where the hell did this Capella come from? The Houston guy. Clint Capella? Yeah, what I the hell is with rounder. him? I'm trying to th- How did he become this
0: butt-kicking... But, but that that's the thing though, Pat. Like that's yeah, I mean, that's how you get that's how you get to Houston and Golden State's level right now is that you have the Draymond Greens and the Clint Capellas where you're sitting back wondering, "Where the hell did they come from or how the hell do they get this good?" when they yeah. weren't drafted high. You, you know, speaking of
1: uh, speaking of Draymond Green, I was watching the highlights after I got home last night after the Wild game, and uh, Draymond suffered a, an injury in the game last night. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Uh, they were playing the Spurs, Pat, and uh, Draymond, I don't know if he was kneed or kicked into the swimsuit area. Oh, well, uh,
2: somebody might have done that on purpose. Well, that, I don't know that if they off.
1: did it on purpose, but as he was reaching for his... Sore area. Um, yeah, the ca- the cameraman quickly. You could tell but we shouldn't be showing this angle. Uh, <laughs> you
3: know?
1: and I got a hunch.
2: Draymond might have used some bad language too, or yeah, something that like was that. Part happened. Of it. He's he's kind of got that in him. He's got a little camera. bit of owl cool. to him.
0: Yeah. Clint Capella, by the way, was the twenty fifth pick oh. in two thousand fourteen. Where's he so from? I never even heard
2: of him until he is it.
0: from Switzerland.
2: Really? Yeah. Lord almighty. He's Swiss. You know. Come on, let's tighten the immigration laws. we got too damn many foreigners coming over here from Europe and taking over the NBA. Taking our jobs. Come on, Trump. Let's get something. What are you doing here? They're coming over here and taking our jobs. So what, are you trying to get rid of Belly? You want to send Belly back? Belly, That's Yugoslavia. Hell, they've had basketball for a long time. But Switzerland... New Zealand, come on. We don't have basketball players from there. What's going on with this game?
1: That's a piping hot sports take. Sports talk <laughs> host wants wall built right now. Yes,
2: right. Around Switzerland. I want it on the East Coast. <laughs> hey, it is amazing where basket, it, basketball is probably... The number two sport in the world behind soccer, don't you think? Yeah, you're probably it right. probably is. I mean, man alive. It's everywhere. All over the place. It is. It, it, it is everywhere. But tonight, the game of the season. They got to win, win this one. Gotta they win have it. to win. They have to win this game and just silence everybody. Get everybody relaxed a little bit. You got to relax. How many home games they got left?
0: I think six. They're 26 so and nine at home. So that would okay. give them, yeah, 30. Okay. Every, yeah.
2: All right, we'll either be back with uh, Johnny Height with a sports update, or we shall be back uh, if they actually start the Lucia-Coyle press conference on time. That would be a first for the University of Minnesota, but we'll see.
1: We are going to now head to the University of Minnesota campus and the press conference of former Gopher head coach Don Lucia. Here is University Athletic Director Mark Coyle.
4: I guess my first disappointment is I didn't outlast Sid here. You know, he's still working away at 98, but uh, um, I just normally don't write anything down, but I I didn't want to forget some things today, and then I'm looking forward to some questions. And uh, uh, since 1967, my life has been consumed by the great game of hockey. In sixth grade, I had to make a decision if I would play hockey or basketball. As my brother said, if I chose basketball, I would be teaching and coaching at Black Duck instead of the University of Minnesota. To my coaches growing up in Grand Rapids, thank you. Mike Surditch, Jim Nelson, Lynn Ellingson, Buzzy Christensen, uh, Tommy D. You taught me so many life lessons that have been the foundation of my life and coaching philosophy. Lefty Smith, thank you. I appreciate you now more than ever. You taught me that winning the right way was the most important way. Academics and integrity were the foundation of the Notre Dame program. It is a lesson I have never forgotten. Rick Schaefer. Thank you for believing that I would be a good fit at Notre Dame and starting me on my coaching journey in Alaska. Without you, I wouldn't be coaching at Minnesota or have met my future wife. Harris Shelton. Thank you for a chance on a 28-year-old assistant coach. What a wonderful opportunity to learn on the job at Alaska Fairbanks. Max Taylor, thank you for believing that I could coach in the WCHA and return CC back to relevance. It was an intimidating walking into a league with les- legends like Doug Woog, Jeff Sauer, Gino Gasparini, Rick Comley, and Mike Sertich. I grew and gained confidence because of it. Mark Deanhart, thank you for giving me an opportunity to coach at the University of Minnesota. I never dreamed I would have the chance but couldn't turn it down when offered. My dream was to win a national championship and I knew we would have that opportunity at Minnesota. Joel Maturi thank you for your friendship and most importantly your belief in me when I was ill. Your belief allowed me to finish my coaching career at Minnesota. Doug Woog, thank you for your grace and friendship during the transition in coaches. Only you understood what it was what was going through uh, at times coaching at Minnesota. Your support was genuine and appreciated. To my staff and coaches over the years, thank you. You did all the work behind the scenes for our teams to be successful. It was a pleasure to work with you every day. To all the players over the years, thank you. I hope you enjoyed your time here and grew as a person and a player. I trust the lessons you learned will serve you the rest of your life. There was never a day I didn't enjoy going to practice and coaching and working with you. To Mike Genzel, thank you. We spent 16 years together and hung 14 banners. It was fun to watch our boys grow up around our jobs. You are go for hockey. The last 19 years have been better than I could have imagined. I wanted to have success at Minnesota without sacrificing academics or integrity. I am proud that all of our players are graduating. I am proud they understand how important making good choices are away from the rink. They understand the program is more important than any coach or player. Playing at Minnesota comes with a tremendous responsibility. The championships have been great, but all the friendships over the years mean even more to me. To all the Gopher fans over the last 19 years who have expressed encouragement, support, and even criticism. Thank you. All are needed to hold our program accountable to such a high standard. To USA Hockey and Jimmy Johansson and Lou Vero, thank you. You gave me an opportunity to coach numerous teams at the international level. Lou, your encouragement and wisdom uh, served me well in my career. To my parents and brother, thank you for providing (sighs) such a loving family to grow up in. My mother provided my faith, my father, my strength, and the belief in myself. To my wife, Joyce, and our four children, Allie, Jessica, Tony, and Mario, thank you for allowing me to pursue my dreams and passion. Thank you for all you sacrificed and understanding when I missed so many of your events over the years. I'm looking forward to spending more time with you and my grandchildren. To Mark Coyle and Tom McGinnis, Thank you for allowing me to leave on my terms and fulfill my final goal of Gopher Hockey, raising money to finish the weight room and upgrades at 3M at Mariucci. In closing, um, I saw this quote a couple months ago. Uh, Trey Gowdy said it best when he didn't seek re-election. The book of Ecclesiastes teaches us there is a time to come and a time to go. This is the right time for me to leave coaching and move on to the next phase of my life. Thank you. John, how was it different coaching at the university in the sort of last 19 years to maybe you thought it would be, or was it? That you thought it would be? Well, I think it was everything I expected it to be. To be honest, um, obviously over time things change. Uh, I think the the biggest change we've seen is, you know, the early recruitment of ninth and tenth graders, and um, obviously the squeeze on the other side of the NHL with players departing early. Um, Obviously, social media is a a bigger thing than what it used to be. So uh, you have to have thick skin to coach at the University of Minnesota. And I think mine's like alligator skin right now. But, you know, that goes to the territory. And, you know, if you'd have told me uh, 20 years ago when I came here, 19 years ago, I was 40 years old, that, uh, you know, I'd still be here at this time, I said, sign me up. And uh, I feel lucky, you know, the things that go through your mind. 19 years ago, I came here and Mario was in kindergarten. Now my granddaughter's in kindergarten. And I feel really blessed that I could raise my family here in a great city, around a university. Hockey's been such a part of our life. Um, Joyce always took the kids to the games, uh, even back in the Alaska days, and had their row. And uh, so it was always a part of it. And I know when I've talked to my kids the last few weeks, um, You know, their comments always, well, what are we going to do in the winter, Dad? You know, it's been such a part of our life. And, you know, I give Joyce a lot of credit because um, she had to hold the fort down. You know, her big comment always was when the season ended and I'd be home more and I'd be having these edicts, she says, hey, we got along just fine without you. Don't change the rules now. (laughs) Well, I think that uh, for me, honestly, um, I was never one to say I'm going to coach until I'm 65 or 70. Um, I I, I looked at around 60. It was probably not a bad time. Um, I've always felt that, you know, this is a great job. Somebody else should have an opportunity too. And uh, I think that Mark and I have had a lot of talks the last couple of years. I think he kind of knows my sentiment. I've talked to Tom uh, McGinnis a lot, too, about it. But um, I think last summer, especially, Um, I'm at a Bantam game, and it's August on a weekend, and I'm saying, do I really want to be here at a Bantam game in August? You know, and and so you go through things like that, and um, as the year goes on, you know, I thought, you know, am I going to do it much more than this? Maybe not. You'd rather give it up one year too soon than one year too late. You know, so Mark and I had discussions. We never had any discussions about me not coaching next year, but I think deep down in I felt like, uh, I really don't want to go into the last year, uh, what can I do to help go for hockey? I, I, I think we've seen the, the um, uh, addition of the downstairs, the new locker room, what an impact that's had for recruiting. Uh, I think that factors in that I'd like to, one of the things I worked hard at the fundraising is I want to see this finished off for the next person. The athletic village was built. Our offices are moved over here. Sometime this summer you start to think, is it, is it time for the next guy to move into that new, new office? So I don't think it was any one thing. I think pretty much I had knew last month or two. Uh, even when we're going, things were going well and we thought we were going to be in the NCAA, so really this has nothing to do with mi- missing the NCAA or anything like that. Um, in my mind, I kind of knew where I was at a few weeks back.
3: Frozen 4 back in St. Paul this year, you know, you think back on a lot of great moments. 2002 the, the, the best of
4: them? Yeah, well, I think when you think of on the ice, um, that was a great moment. Uh, I've been fortunate. I told this to our players we were getting down the stretch that I've experienced it all as a coach. And, and that's what the journey is all about to me. What what haven't I experienced well, let's see. We won a national title in overtime at one point. We lost a national title in overtime at one point. We won a final five in overtime. Lost a final five in overtime. It was part of the longest game in the history of college hockey against Wisconsin when I was at CC, 129 and a half minutes. I got a chance to go and start a program up in Alaska. I got a chance to, you know, help those programs get to the CCHA and WCHA at that time. Uh, went to CC when they may have folded their program if we hadn't done well built a new world arena so i i I guess i've just experienced so much that uh, i'm just thankful i've had all those opportunities and um uh i getting back to minnesota yeah you have moments i mean the the matt kowalska goal just even that i can think back to just the thrill of getting to the frozen four that year in east lansing um grant scoring the goal i mean kind of ironic, the first non-Minnesota recruit, you know, you take grief for that, but I always said when I came here that I was going to do it the way I thought it should be done, so when I leave, there's no regrets, Um, but, you know, he he scores the winning goal. What what a great moment. Um, You know, Thomas Vanna comes in the next year and and does it again, but there's other moments. I mean, Blake Wheeler's diving goal in the final five, Justin Hall's goal in the Frozen Four a a few years back, so uh, there's so many great memories, but it's not just that. It's, you know, sitting back in the coaching room with Mike and everybody and you're grinding it out. And it's like you lose the night before. And it's not, you got to embrace the grind sometimes. It's not fun, but uh, you do it for the kids. And and you want to have the kids have success. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. I feel really good about where the program's at. I feel good about our culture. I feel good that We have a system in place that everybody graduates. I feel good that we have a system in place where the players understand the importance of how you act and what you do and how you represent the University of Minnesota hockey program. You know, I tell the story how, and I say to the recruits, if you come to Minnesota, this is 24-7, 365 days a year. You have to be on. And last summer, it just gets reinforced, I was my wife and I went to uh, the Holenka tournament in the Czech Republic. We're flying out of Berlin, and I'm at uh, Dachau, and somebody comes up to me, are you the gopher hockey coach? And, it's, and that's the way it is, and I've always taken that as the responsibility that that goes with this job. It's an unbelievably great job. Uh, we do have tremendous fan support. I know there's been angst about switching to the Big Ten But at this point our our fans have to embrace it for the for the good of the program. The Big Ten today is an outstanding conference. Uh I had a situation around Christmas time and I'm at a game and somebody comes up to me, geez, I'm I miss the old WCHA. And my response was, Well, what WCHA do you miss? I said, the WCHA I played in, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Minnesota, we're all part of the league. So We're kind of back to the future. Um, It's a great league. We see it this year. You know, four teams are in it, two number one seeds. You know, without the upsets, we would have been in, Uh, but it didn't come to be. Um, I remember I had a text on Saturday, you know, when all that played itself out. Obviously, I wish I was at an NCAA press conference this week than here, and I could have done it a little bit longer. But um, uh, I I went to church on Saturday. Uh, I didn't want to deal with the North, North Dakota game. And came out, and my wife looked at her phone, and and uh, she said, well, North Dakota won. I thought we were in. And uh, and then, lo and behold, Tony texted me, well, there's one out of 64 scenarios you don't get in. And then I looked at the six games, and then I, I texted a friend, and and, and uh, when he asked if we were in, I had to text back, well, there's one scenario, but we'd have to lose all these six games. I said... If we lose all six of these games, I said the good Lord's telling me it's time to do something else. So maybe
1: it's. That's going to do it for our live coverage of the Don Lucia press conference right here on 1500 ESPN. The ride with Roycey will continue after this. (laughs) Shut up, Kenny. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you gonna give me music. The Reavers? ride with Roycey continues. <laughs> the First, traffic and weather together with traffic and weather. The traffic before giving you a radio weather forecast <laughs> together. Roycey and I have been riding Reavers for the past five minutes. Oh, the off-air show was delightful
3: here.
2: Don Lucia, uh, I don't know if he's still answering that question from Jess Myers or not, but uh, he and Mark Coyle uh, did uh, meet the press today to. He is announce. still
1: chatting. I was listening to him down the line they, they, as we were they coming. Did
2: back today that uh, Don is done after 19 years. I think, and he pretty much made it sound like uh, he was thinking about it the last couple of months. I think he was thinking about it for quite a while, because Don and I had a little tension in our relationship early on, because oh. I I kind of used to write how they were the Yankees of college hockey, and if they didn't win the national championship, it was a failed season, or at least go to the Frozen Four, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they, that's when the college hockey was less balanced. There was, you were still playing some high school kids when he first got here, right? Yes. It wasn't all juniors. Now it's, uh, you know, now you got the 24 year olds playing for a union and, uh, you know, they, the, the, everybody's the same. Basically you got 60 teams and they're all the same. But, uh, Lucia, uh, I ran into him last year when he was doing the show here with Judd and, and uh, Uh, Wally and uh, man, I BSed with him for 15 minutes, just friendly. as. There was an
1: interesting little nugget that he uh, let go with saying that he almost took another job 10 years ago, but he just said the timing wasn't quite right. Really? Yeah.
2: I wonder where the heck he would have gone. Notre Dame, maybe. Could have been. Yeah. Could yeah. Have been. Had, you know, that's his alma mater, so that that might that'd be the only place. You know, that's the only place ever coaches ever want to leave Minnesota for. Uh, Lou. Yep. You know, Lou left, and uh, that had to be it. I, I wouldn't think there was any other. Then when
1: they fire Brian Kelly, they'll want PJ most likely.
2: Oh, sure. They yeah. Probably. Well, yeah. I mean, where else would you go after? Got to the, the culture after the success he's had. Uh, and by the way, Kirk Cousins would have never had came here oh, if he hadn't mm-mm. had. That and, uh, meet meeting hey, with uh, who did PJ.
1: he talk about in his press conference? Yeah, PJ. PJ and he wished no. Sid a
2: happy birthday. How do you like that? Did. Apples he did, and uh, as I said, now we got Sid, Sid ninety eight year old Sid taking on the ninety eight year old nun in the uh, NCAA basketball tournament in the Sweet Sixteen. All right, we uh, shall return with this day in history. It's a good one.
1: Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this
3: day in history, Patrick... Still trailing, 72-65, and the ball game is over. Louie Datcher sits down right in the middle of the floor. Pat Riley stands, dejectedly looking at the floor, as Kentucky has lost the championship game for the first time in their history.
2: On this day in history, 1966, at Cole Field House, the old arena at the University of Maryland, Texas Western, with an all-black lineup, uh, defeated Kentucky 75 to 68. With an all white lineup. Kentucky, in fact, did not integrate until 1969 their basketball team. Dan, Don Haskins was the coach at Texas Western, now named uh, the University of Texas El Paso, which I think is stupid. When you got a national championship as Texas Western, you should stay you as keep Texas the Western. Yes. What I loved about that Texas Western team, and include, including how good they were at basketball, they had the greatest names of any team ever they had three kids from new york willie Worsley, neville shed and willie cager how's that a name for That's a basketball player and they had bobby joe hill was a guard in their center who was only 6'6 it was david latin davy latin he was only 6'6 but they called him big daddy d or dirty David Latin, because he would knock you on your ass if you didn't watch it. But uh, that UTEP team, 28 and 1, their only loss was in the uh, last regular season game to Seattle University, uh, swept through the uh, NCAA tournament and uh, upset Kentucky and old Adolph Rupp, who still had not uh, made a movie accepted about it, too. Integration. Glory Road, That's yes. That's right. Uh, beat Utah in the semis, by the way.